Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Romans, chapter 13. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. The Bible says, speak the truth in love, because love is the highest law. And when you love your brother, you're fulfilling the entire law. Now, if you've been around here on Wednesday evenings, you know the law was given to Moses in a series of thou shalt nots. And it seems like they're all negative, but the negative was given to produce a positive because God loves us. And because God loves us, God wants us to love each other. And if you love each other as much as you love yourself, then in verse nine, you won't harm, you won't cheat. You won't kill. You won't want what someone else has. You won't commit adultery. And you won't do anything else that the Ten Commandments says is wrong. All of the Ten Commandments are summed up, wrapped up in this one. Love your neighbor. Did you see that? In verse 9, as you love yourself. Please, Christians, get this. Love your neighbor As you love yourself. Now remember when they came to Jesus. And they said Jesus. What is the greatest commandment? Because God gave the Jewish people. Ten commandments. And they took those ten commandments. The Jewish people. And made 613 out of them. And now people do. Want to complicate it. God says ten is all you can really handle. And they make 613. So they come to Jesus and they say, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment seeking to trap him? And Jesus said two. Number one, to love God with your heart, with your mind, with your soul. And the second, he said what? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now, there are people, listen, who say you can't obey Jesus' commandment about loving your neighbor Until you learn to love yourself. We live in a culture where we are being taught that we have to love ourselves. Can I tell you something? The Bible does not teach that. I know it sounds right. It does sound right. I mean, Rodney, listen, look, if if I don't love myself, I don't take care of myself. Then and I don't love myself. Then how can I have any love to give to anybody else when I don't love myself? Listen, that sounds right. It even sounds right to me. But the Bible doesn't teach that. On the contrary, the Bible teaches that you already love yourself. Do you understand when Jesus said, love your neighbor? Did you get that? As you love yourself. In other words, you already love yourself. Now go love your neighbor as you love yourself. Because you love yourself. You love yourself. 
Yeah, you don't meet a person that doesn't love themselves. Of course you love yourself. It's nature. It's human nature to love yourself. There's no commandment. Get this in the Bible. Search the scriptures. There's no commandment in the Bible that tells you to love yourself. Why? Because the Bible presupposes that you already love yourself. That's a given. You get up in the morning. You brush your tooth. Oh, your teeth. You take care of yourself. You get yourself dressed. You get yourself all cleaned up. You comb your hair. You drink some OJ, whatever. You take care of yourself. That's already understood. You already love yourself. So love other people, the Bible says, as you love yourself. I think the problem is in our culture, contrary to popular opinion, The problem in our culture is that we do love ourselves too much. That's the problem. I can prove it you love yourself. I put a picture up on the screen of a group. I take a picture right now. I digitally take a picture real quick, pop it up on the screen of us, all of us. Who's the first person you look for? (laughs) This is not that hard, people. First person you look for is yourself. Of course. There I am. I look good too. I don't care what they say. Now you're going to be able to find me in heaven, I told you. I'm going to be the guy with the biggest afro. You're going to be able to pick me out in the whole bunch. I'm going to be big, with a big old pick in the back, like that. You're going to say, oh, there he is. Look at that pick power to the christian people that's right we of course we love ourselves so we're to love your neighbor as you love yourself and in verse 11 look at it do this do this do what know the time are you looking at it know the time know that it is high time to awake out of what sleep High time to wake up. Now, when you wake up, give me your attention. When you wake up in the morning, what's one of the first things you do? Look at a clock. You look at the time. We live in a culture, we are fixated on time. We live in a culture, we are focused on time. You know, yesterday I'm writing, and I thought, you know, I'm going to go through my house. And I'm going to count the clocks that I have in my house. And in a, I got a pretty small house. And in a very small, you know, space, I counted right off the top of my head about 20 clocks. I got Some of y'all got more. If you got a big old stereo system where every piece of it got a clock on it. And then you go through your house, you got the DVD, got a clock, you got, um, you know, the cable box. Y'all help me out. Go and preach. Y'all just go and preach. Give you an inch, you want to take a mile. Quiet. I got this. And you got the cable box. If you got a coffee maker, you got a clock on that and the microwave and the stove. I mean, the microwave and the stove, there's a clock like just right together right there. I mean, how many times do I need to see that? 
I mean, think about the stuff we do. There's clocks all over the place. Why? Because we are fixated on time. Listen, we are interested. We as people are interested in time right now. But God, listen, is interested in time that is drawing near. We're interested in time right now. Jesus said in John chapter 9, verse 4, Jesus said, I must work the works of him while it is day because the night is coming when no one can work. God is interested in the time that is drawing near. We are interested in the time right now. Mick Jagger wrote a song. I'm dating myself. Mick Jagger wrote a song, Time is on Our Side, about 40 years ago. I don't think Mick is singing that right now, 40 years later. Because time's not on your side. Jesus said time is ticking away. And Paul says, listen, it's high time, or it could read... It's the strategic time or a critical time to awake out of sleep. For now, our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Now, you say to me, Rodney, look, I've been around here at Calvary Chapel, and I know you've taught it that when you get saved, you're completely fully saved. So how is it that time is drawing near and my salvation is nearer than when I first got saved. Well, when the Bible talks about salvation, if you've got a pen, you might want to jot down a few things right here. When the Bible talks about salvation, the Bible is talking about three aspects of salvation. It's a process. And the first in that process is your past salvation. And that speaks of justification. You've been saved from the penalty of sin and you're forgiven and you've been justified. That's the past salvation. And then secondly, the Bible talks about a present salvation, which speaks to sanctification, that we are being saved and sanctified from the power of sin. And then finally, the Bible talks about a future salvation, which speaks to glorification, that we are saved from the very presence of sin altogether. Past salvation, justification, present salvation, sanctification, and future salvation, glorification. We are saved from the very presence of sin. It's a future aspect, a culmination of our salvation when Jesus comes for the church. The Bible teaches God looks down from heaven. Are you listening? And he sees us. And right now we are glorified. But someday when we are in his presence, whether we're raptured or we die first, then we will be fully, completely glorified. We'll be like him. The Bible says we'll know him even as we are known. And with every passing moment, listen, that brings us closer to the ultimate glorification. Paul says the night is far spent and the day is at hand. When Paul talks about the night, he's talking about the night of Christ's absence. And his coming is almost here. So what we are talking about, ladies and gentlemen, listen to me closely. What we are talking about is the second coming of Jesus Christ. We're talking about the fact that Jesus is going to return someday. Nobody knows the hour. Nobody knows the day. People try to figure it out. There was a gentleman in 1988 who wrote a book In 1988, he gave 88 reasons why Jesus is coming in 1988. 
when Jesus didn't come in 1988, he wrote the sequel, 89 Reasons Why Christ is Coming in 1989. The reality is, hello, people, we don't know. He could come in any moment. The Bible teaches, although we don't know when he's coming and we don't know the time, we do know the signs and we do know the seasons. Just like you know that it's going to rain if the clouds, black clouds start rolling in. You know it's going to rain. And you know when the sun's coming up that it's almost day. And you know when the sun's going down, it's almost night. So we know by looking at the signs of the times, by reading the newspaper, by listening to CNN and MSNBC and all of these news stations and what is going on around the world, We can look at those things and know that the return of Christ is soon. Now, if you are with us in Matthew chapter 24 and 25, we've discussed the signs of the times in great detail, in great length. And I would encourage you to order a CD copy of Matthew 24 and 25. We don't have time to discuss it today. I will tell you, I believe that we are living in the end time. I believe that Christ is coming soon. I believe the coming of the Lord is near. Or you say, Rodney, well, Paul and you have been talking about that forever. Paul's, people have been saying the coming of the Lord is near for 2,000 years. Billy Graham was preaching the coming of the Lord. And D.L. Moody and C.H. Spurgeon and Finney and Tory. I'm going backwards. And the church fathers, Irenaeus and Tertullius and Polycarp. And St. Francis of Assisi and Paul the Apostle, he wrote to the church at Thessalonica. On the map today is Thessalonica. Thessalonica. He wrote to them about the coming of the Lord. People have been preaching the coming of the Lord, Rodney, for 2,000 years, and he hadn't come yet. Well, listen, they all preached about it, and I will continue to preach about it because I believe in the second coming, physically, bodily, of Jesus Christ back to the earth. If you agree with that, clap your hands, would you? I believe that. And I believe, now watch this, and I also believe that it is important that you believe and understand and keep talking about it. It is important that we believe, understand, and keep talking about the second coming of the Lord because... Listen, your knowledge of something determines how you behave. Your knowledge of any given thing will determine how you behave. First John chapter three, verse three tells us, as John says, everyone who has this hope, talking about the second coming of the Lord, everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. John says, everyone that has the hope, listen, of the second coming purifies themselves, keeps themselves clean. How so, Rodney? Because listen, if you really believe, understand, and keep talking about the fact that Jesus is coming soon, it's going to affect the way you behave. Places that you would go, you won't go there because you don't want Jesus to come and find you there. Things you used to do, you won't do them because you don't want Jesus to find you doing that. Things you used to say, 
thoughts you used to think. You'll be like, Lord, clean my thought life up because I don't want to be thinking about that when you come back. The hope, the knowledge of a thing determines the way you behave. Look, when you find out that your driver's license has expired, what happens? You become a good model driving citizen. Amen. You find out, listen, I remember my wife used to say to my kids, see, my wife, the kids are acting up being little bad children. And uh, my wife would say, boy, you just wait till your dad gets home. You wait till your dad gets home, that's it. And she would tell me, all of a sudden, they were little angels. (laughs) Because the knowledge that dad is coming home, what? Affects the way they behave. Your knowledge, your understanding, and you keep talking about the second coming of Jesus Christ because it affects the way you behave. Now, Paul says, wake up, get out of bed, get your eyes open and look around at what's happening. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. The night's over. So Paul says, get up and change your clothes. Cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Because it's a new day. The day is coming. Just like when you get out of the bed, first thing you do is look at the clock. The next thing you do is get out of bed and you take a shower. And you change your clothes. You take off your jammies and your nightcap. (laughs) You know, one of those all really long nightcaps with the ball on the end. You take that off. You take off your night clothes and you put on your day clothes. Paul says, cast off the works of darkness, put on the armor of light. And it's important, watch this, to understand before you put on the armor of light, you've got to take off something. Got to take off darkness. And then Paul tells us six things, gives us six things in verse 13 that are associated with darkness. Are you looking at verse 13? Notice revelry, revelry. That means noisy troublemakers. You got to put that off. Don't we all know people like that? There's noisy troublemakers. And then he says you need to put off drunkenness. That means put off drunkenness. (laughs) Wasn't that profound? It's like amazing. Came to church to learn that. Put off drunkenness. And then he says to put off uh, lewdness. That literally has the idea of a man who has lost his shame. They no longer care what people think about their sexual sin and they openly and they proudly display it. Doesn't that sound like our culture, our country today? Put off lust or licentiousness, some of your Bible says, the desire for the forbidden bed. It describes a person who sets no value on sexual purity and fidelity. And then you're to put off strife again in verse 13. A desire for prestige or position. The desire to be noticed. And put off envy. Man, don't be so jealous. Jealous of other people. Desiring to have something someone else has. Put off all of these things. But in verse 14, put on what, saints? The Lord Jesus. And make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Make no, listen, make no. No provision for the flesh. If you are struggling with something in your life, 
make no provision for the flesh. If you got an alcohol problem, listen, don't don't rent an apartment above a bar. (laughs) Somebody say amen, because that makes sense. Hello. And if you got a problem with sexual purity, then don't put yourself in a position that for that to be compromised. And if you really like that guy, great. Don't go over his house by yourself. Don't stay late. Don't go on dates alone. There's many things you can do to make no provision for the flesh. You got a problem with financial matters? Then don't make provision for the flesh. Put up some safeguards so that you don't, your flesh doesn't have opportunity to do that thing that you struggle with. Make no provision for the flesh. Set your sights on the Lord Jesus. Paul tells us, verse 11, get your eyes open. Verse 12, Get your clothes on. And finally, in verse 13, get your act together. Why? Because Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. Do you realize Jesus could come at any moment? The rapture of the church could take place just like that. The Bible says in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, the dead in Christ shall rise first. And then then we, watch this, who are alive and remain shall be called up together to meet the Lord in the air. We go together with those who have died in Christ. We go together as one bride to meet the Lord in the air. And the Bible says that's going to happen in a twinkling of an eye. The rapture is going to happen before you can blink your eye. Isn't that amazing? I remember some years ago, about, about 20 years ago, actually, I was walking in a cemetery with a pastor friend. I think we were... I, maybe I was training on funerals or services or something, graveside services or what. I don't know why I was there with them. But we're walking and, and uh, you know, I'm just the excited little trainee. And uh, I'm like, man, you know, get, pastor, get this. This just occurred to me. We're walking in a grave, graveyard. I said, the Bible says in a moment of twinkling eye, the dead in Christ are going to rise first. I said, it could happen right now. We're walking in this graveyard right now, and all of a sudden, we'll see dead bodies coming up out of the grave. Like a hand come up out of the dirt. And then the person just sits up and press themselves off. And he was like, no, that's Hollywood. It's not quite like that. The Bible says in a moment in the twinkling of it's going to happen so quick, you're not going to even know it happened. The only way you'll really, really know what happened is if you're still here. (laughs) Let me tell you. And if you're still here, I'm going to tell you, you can have all my stuff. (laughs) I live right over there. Go get whatever you want because it ain't going to make a difference. I'm excited about that. I don't know about you. I'm looking forward to going to be with my Lord someday. I'm looking forward to it. I really am. And it's going to be quick. I mean, it could happen before I finish this sermon. At the rate I'm going, it probably will. <laughs> but we're going to be with the Lord someday. Paul says, get your eyes open. Christians, what are you doing? Why are you living for all of that? 
is striving to get a bigger house and striving to get a nicer car and striving for this and striving for that and striving for this. Do you realize in the presence of the Lord, none of that's going to even matter? And the things that we should be striving for, we aren't striving for because we're striving for the things that we shouldn't be striving for. We should be striving to love each other. We should be striving to know God's word. We should be striving and pressing on to know God better and to read his word more. And we shouldn't wait till January to come around and say, okay, this year I'm going to get in the one-year Bible and I'm going to read this Bible in one year. We need to strive for that right now. We need to get our minds on the things of God right now. We're so caught up with stuff that is, doesn't mean a thing. And then after you get it, you want something else. You got a nice car? Well, now you want a nicer car. It happens to me, too. I'm struggling. I'm striving, too. We're all striving to get together. Be more like Jesus. Get your eyes open. Get your clothes on. Put on the armor of light. You know, the Bible says cast off and put on. God doesn't leave us naked. Cast off and put on. Cast off the works of darkness. Put on the armor of life. And get your act together. For Jesus coming soon. Our home is not here. It's in heaven. I pray that today you just on the way out, like, Start thinking, what, what am I thinking? Why am I so caught up with all the wrong things? Why am I so caught up in the things of the world? I hope this message convicts every single one of us in some area of our lives that we need to refocus. That's okay. God knows we need to be focused. So, Lord, help us do that. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the media library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.